This is Untitled MMA. Untitled MMA Podcast, uh, June 26, 2018. What is this? It was like 27, 28? Dude, how am I supposed to know? Something like that. Uh, before we get started, I'm Buju. I am Brendan. And I am Bryce. This past weekend, Cowboy and Leon Edwards fought on UFC Singapore in Singapore. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> um, they were the main event. Leon Edwards won a pretty close decision, and everybody on Twitter needs to settle the fuck down and acting like Cowboy Cerrone looked like Rashad Evans or something in there, because he looked fine. You know, I you said you watched the fight. I only read Twitter, and from what Twitter said, it sounded like Cowboy just got beat up and bad, and like he lost every single exchange in the first three rounds, and it took a tiring Edwards for him to even look competitive. I thought the fight could have gone either way. I definitely thought Leon Edwards won. If I was scoring it, I would score for Leon Edwards, but I would not have been surprised if Cowboy ended up winning the fight. I was kind of expecting a split decision when they went to the cards. People, I was reading the same tweets you were, and people were way overreacting to how Cowboy looked in that fight. He looked fine. He looked, he looked older, he looked a little slower, but it didn't look like he didn't belong or something like that. He could have very well won the fight and taken it over at any time. It, the moment just never really came, you know what I mean? Yeah. Fuck I, everybody. <laughs> you did say, though, that you think that he should move back down, right? Yeah, I think he should. Because Leon Edwards looked way stronger at 170 than Cowboy did. Anytime Cowboy got him down, Leon could just stand back up. Leon did look a little quicker. I mean, that might be a little uh, a knock against going back to 155 because the 170 did look quicker. But Leon Edwards is a lot younger, too. So yeah, I think Cowboy belongs at 155. I don't know how much he me- wants to mess with the weight cut. I think that's the only issue there. But I think he belongs at 155 and not 170 or 160. 65 like Kevin Lee's trying to make up. I agree. Uh, after a couple of losses, you I feel like you should go back to your old roots. Yeah. I, and it's not like he was like a middling fighter at 155 either. He fought for the title in his last fight at 155, I think it was. Yeah. So go to 155, Cowboy. It's I didn't realize this until interest. I did uh, my article, Spotlight on Cowboy Cerrone on UntitledMMA.com, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, that <laughs> Cowboy's only fought for one UFC belt. Yeah, against RDA. Yeah. And he fought for one, two WEC belts. Correct. Against, both against Benson Henderson. Correct. I didn't know that. I, <laughs> thought, I thought that he had more title shots, especially in the UFC. He lost Because he has the reputation for not winning the big one. I think he's gotten to a lot of fights where if he won that fight, he'd get a title shot and ended up losing those. I think yeah. that's more where that reputation comes mm-hmm. from. But he has lost three title fights, too, so... I wouldn't consider this one a big one that he lost, though, either. No, I would agree. This, I mean, Leon Edwards was ranked 13th. It was, to me, though, still important for his future at 170. Because, to me, him losing to Leon Edwards shows that he isn't going to be an elite fighter at 170. If you can't beat Leon Edwards, you're not going to be an elite uh, welterweight. Right. Yeah. Like I said, Cowboy just needs to move back to 155. He looked fine. He wasn't lost or anything like that. So just he'll be fine if he goes back down and a little bit competition more his level at this point in his career. I think we can all acknowledge Cowboy's probably not going to win a title at this point in his career. Unless crazy things happen like Michael Bisping. So just Mm. what? I don't think he's going to even get a title shot again. No, that's what I'm saying. He's not at that level. Even though he did look okay, he's not at that level of competition anymore. So I don't see an issue in giving somebody opponents that fit the level they're on. You know Give him I mean? Paul Felder. Give Book him it. CM Punk. I think he's friends with Paul Felder, so that probably wouldn't happen. Oh. I mentioned him a second ago, but Rashad Evans officially announced his retirement after he got fucking murked by Anthony Smith at USC 225. Woo. Uh, I don't have much to say on that, but it's probably past due by about three, four fights maybe. At, at least three. At the very least. I mean, if he would have walked out after he beat Chael, it probably would have been best for Rashad. Everything after that was just... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Bad. A detriment to his legacy, almost. It was just bad. So, yeah. Rashad needed to retire. We happened to be in the building for his last fight. 
Shout out to Fun us. Fact Friday. I don't feel honored at all or anything. No, that was it was a bummer moment. Yeah, if it would have been like a, a win and he walked out on that, it would have been a little different. But I mean, he's got even if destroyed. he would have like made it competitive, but he just got murked. And then on the same note of guys a little past their prime, a little past their prime, Lyoto Machida is going to Bellator, which in like the most of course MMA sentence there's ever been. Lyoto Machida is going to Bellator. <laughs> yeah, I mean to me. People want to say that there's a uh, a growing competition in between the UFC and Bellator, and I truly don't think that there is because of moves like this. They're signing guys that the UFC doesn't really want anymore. Right. Yeah, Lyoto's never going to make a difference in the UFC at his age. Uh, I don't even know that, and this might speak to Bellator's legitimacy almost, I don't know if Lyoto's even going to be a top guy in Bellator. I think he's going to be a middle-of-the-road fighter there as well. Maybe just under that top tier or at the bottom of the top tier, but I don't see Lyoto making waves in Bellator either as far as wins and losses yeah. go. Yeah, I don't see him competing for a title there. He, def- he definitely couldn't win one between Gegard, who's definitely at probably a top three middleweight in the world, mm-hmm. and Ryan Bader if he decided to go up because that just wouldn't end well. Ryan Bader's a light heavyweight, my guy. He's heavyweight now? He's light heavyweight. Yeah. He's fighting in the heavyweight Grand Prix. I meant to say light heavyweight. When I oh, you mean if, light heavyweight. You mean if Lyoto went up? I thought you meant if Ryan Bader went up. No, 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 no. Okay, I got what you're saying. And then Rory McDonald's fighting Gegard for the middleweight belt. So. That's like a legit, really good fight. And uh, but did you see Bellator just announced a welterweight Grand Prix too? No. They're going all in on this Grand Prix stuff. I don't know who's <laughs> in it besides Rory and probably Paul Daly, but they're going all in on the fucking Grand Prix format. Oof. Uh, Josh Barnett announced his retirement. It's kind of a meh thing. He hasn't fought in a while. He hasn't been that good in his, this UFC run. He was 3-2. and two. He's 40 years old. He'll probably go to Japan, and that's probably the best place for him right now in his career. Yeah. Uh, I, he said that he left because of USADA, and to me that sounds like you want to <laughs> do some illegal yeah. things. I didn't, I didn't see that part, but yeah. Uh, that kind of tells you where he's going almost. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Lee called out GSP. He says he wants to fight George St. Pierre for a 165-pound title. What a weird call out! You kind of, you call out a guy that's sort of retired to fight for a belt that doesn't exist. Maybe he's got insider information that they're actually going to make a one sixty five pound division. What would you have any interest in a GSP versus Kevin Lee fight? I, if you're always going to have interest in a GSP fight because it's GSP, but Kevin Lee is a weird opponent for George St. Pierre. It is a weird opponent, but I would be interested to see that fight. Who did? What was Kevin Lee's last fight? He lost to Tony. Then what happened? <laughs> Uh, Did he beat I, Michael? Was Michael Chiesa after that? That was before the Tony. That Carson. was before that. I think I don't know if he's fought since then. Why does he deserve a title shot against the goat? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. That's I, a weird call out, Brendan. It is a weird call out. Uh, I would be interested in the fight as well, just not as much as other opponents that I could name. Yeah, I, like, mean, I can name five other ones I'd much rather name, see. But name a few other opponents that you would want GSP to fight. I'd still rather watch him fight Anderson Silva than Kevin Lee. That would that be. Would, that would be. Yeah, I mean, that <laughs> would be like some uh, Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather type stuff. Wow, yeah, happened well, five years too late. I'd still watch it. Oh yeah, I'd be much more interested in that than I think a weird fight with Kevin Lee mm-hmm. in 2018. That's what needs to happen. GSP doesn't need a belt. I don't know if Anderson Silva can fight, though. Yeah, GSP doesn't need to be fighting for any belt. Just have GSP fight. What does he need a belt for? Nothing. It, uh, because he won the 185 belt and fucking gave it up immediately. If you get him, give him the 170 belt or this fake 165 belt, who says he doesn't do the same thing with that thing and fuck up the division? another division? Exactly. Just um, have GSP fight. He doesn't need to fight for a belt. Is Anderson Silva suspended by USADA? I feel yeah, like he is. I think so. I don't know. Let's get rid of USADA. How about that? <laughs> Just get rid of all drug testing. Uh, Spell it out in the contract like they did in Ryzen. Chris Weidman is continuing his campaign for a title shot. He said he'd finish Robert Whitaker. I do not see Chris Weidman beating Robert Whitaker. I don't see him beating him. I don't see him finishing him. That's that's a wild move. I don't know if he's doing that just to I think put his name out there. He's again. just trying to get the shot. But I mean, I he it's either him. We talked about. I feel like we talked about this last week. That it's either him or Kelvin. Yeah. I think that his best strength is also Yoel Romero's best strength. That being his wrestling. And Yoel Romero, it's not like he was just grappling the mess out of Robert Whitaker to where I just don't see it going in Weidman's favor in almost any area the fight would go. What have we seen from Chris Weidman? He was winning the fight. He beat Kelvin, right? Yes. Was that his last fight? I know yes. we just went over uh-huh. this last week, but my memory stinks. It was. 
Um, he was beating Yoel Romero before he got flying need. So give him that. The before that was a loss to Gegard. Yes. Before that was a nasty loss to Luke Rockhold. Yes. Before that was the Machida fight. Probably. Where he didn't finish on old Leota Machida. Mm-hmm. And before that, he was beating Anderson, but Anderson broke his leg. And the fight before that was knocking out Anderson. But we know now that Anderson isn't the same as he used to be. So but in, the, so it's a matter of when did he lose Right. That. Was it before those Weidman fights? Was it because of the Weidman? Right. So I don't know how much credit Weidman deserves for the big wins that he does have. And believe me, <coughs> excuse me, I was all in on the Weidman hype chain train. There was a point where I said he was the best fighter in the world. Um, you did say that. I just don't know where we can classify those wide, those big Weidman wins because of what came after from both him and the people that he beat in those big fights. I, I can agree that it's hard to credit him as much as we did at the time of when he beat Anderson Silva to now because of his losses and because... That was the downfall of Silva. That's when he started to decline as a good fighter. But that doesn't—I don't think you can necessarily take that away from him as a fighter because you can be good and then be bad. I mean, right? Even if, even if you're not exactly like old or past your prime or not whatnot, you can fall off the chain. Nobody stays at the top, as we learned. But I, do you, would you agree that Weidman has been exposed? When fighting guys like Luke Luke Rockhold or Yoel Romero or somebody like that, even Gegard, definitely. I don't really remember that Gegard fight too well, so I'm not going to go too too deep into that. But I mean, it was a nasty, nasty, nasty KO against Yoel, and he got beat up bad by Luke Rockhold. So I don't know. Uh, I'm fine with Weidman getting the shot. I I guess I think it's still. I think I said it should go to Kelvin, and I still still stand by that. Um, I also understand why Weidman's calling out Whitaker the way he is because he is trying to get that shot. But I don't know. Let me tell me why I thought when I read that headline, because I saw that earlier on Twitter, I thought that Whitaker and uh, Weidman were in different divisions for like 20 minutes. (laughs) They used to be. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then John Cavanaugh guaranteed that Khabib and Connor will fight in 2018. Like we say, every time this fight comes up, I'll believe it when I see it. It's, It's a much more reliable source hearing it from a coach of one of the fighters, especially it being Connors rather than like Ariel Hawani or just some type of reporter or uh-huh. something. I feel like it's more trustworthy that way. But, and again, I don't believe it's going to happen until it happens. Like you said, right. I honestly think it's more trustworthy hearing it from uh, Brett Akamoto or Ariel Hawani because he's not hearing it from coaches. He's hearing it from other inside people. But I mean, if those two want the fight to happen, it's going to happen, especially Connor. If Connor wants to fight Khabib, Connor's going to get to fight Khabib. So if, Kavanaugh is saying something like, which is what he said was he'd bet all his money that the fight will happen in 2018. Then I kind of believe him that it's going to happen in 2018. Yeah, I or think at least the Connor camp think it thinks it will. Yeah, I think no, I but, think it'll at least be scheduled in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> but I I think it's more likely going to happen if Connor's coach says it than Khabib's coach. Yeah, just I agree with that too. Because Connor he runs the show, but I will say if Khabib's coach in Khabib's camp decides they don't want that fight, they probably don't get that fight. because, Or they don't make that fight happen. Because yeah. I feel like Khabib has as much say as to who he doesn't fight as Connor says who he does. I still want to see Khabib and Tony. Almost more than I want to see Khabib and Connor. Yeah, I don't... Like, the Khabib and Connor thing is, like, one of the fights to make, but I 100% agree I want to see Tony and Khabib probably more. And that's coming from me being a nu- the number one Conor McGregor fan so out there. Brendan was nodding. Do we all agree we'd rather see Khabib Tony than Khabib Connor? Yeah. Just at, just from the fight, not necessarily like, oh, we want Connor back in MMA or whatever. Just looking at that fight. Yeah, if I ranked those, like, three as fight-wise, I'd say one, I'd see want to see Khabib and Tony, then Tony Connor. Then Connor could I'd agree with that, too. Yeah, 100%. So if you do, well, this isn't going to happen, but if you're the UFC and you do Khabib Tony instead of Khabib Connor, who do you give Connor? The winner? Nate. No, oh, I, I mean, like as a. If they're going to fight concurrently, right. Or 170 champ. Champ, champ, champ. Who is on Tyron Woodley. <laughs> um, Tyron Woodley beats Connor. Yeah. Probably. He probably just grapples him. But hot take, if, hot take, hot take. I think Colby Covington beats Conor McGregor. I don't even know if that's you. He's a big. Conor is not a one seventy. No, he's not. And he. That's a, that would be an awesome fight. But if it uh, goes, that would be the fucking worst. <laughs> those two trash talking each other. 
But if I like if like say the fight would happen, I don't think Connor wins if it goes past the third round. He has to. Against I think he has Colby? to finish him in the yeah, first. Yeah, Colby's third. pace was fucking impressive. Yeah, in that RDA that's fight. that's what I said is my takeaway from the fight. It wasn't necessarily the performance, but he was just in his face the whole time. And since Colby's been at this, the top level for such a short amount of time, I don't feel like we've really seen his chin tested. I mean, RDA landed some shots. He landed some decent ones. I mean, but I RDA is not really known as a were. RDA is not really known as a striking finisher either. You Especially know what I mean? at 170. Right. I think. Hmm. Got myself thinking now. <laughs> I will say that the last person that uh, pushed the envelope and rushed in on Tyron Woodley got slumped. That being Mr. Robert Lawler. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely don't see Connor beating Tyron in any way. If if he get had a waiting fight for Khabib and Tony, I definitely don't want it to be at one side. I don't want to be in, almost in the division he's at, so he doesn't go all the way up and then go back all the way down. It's two totally different things. Jose again, Max again. I'd rather see Max. Go. I would love a Max Connor fight. Love it. Yeah, I'd rather see Aldo, Max, all of them than Nate again. I'm just not big on the Nate Connor three train. Yeah, I don't, I don't Nick. Know. I understand we kind of <laughs> we I kind of understand we almost need a rubber match between Nate and Connor, but I just we've seen the fight twice already. I don't really want to see it again. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. there's so many big fights and big other names that I'd much rather see. And I think you, the argument is more for a Connor Max rematch than a Connor Jose rematch, but I do feel like we kind of need a definitive fight between Connor and Jose because of what happened in the first one. Because people can always. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They can always just like, brush that off as uh, we caught him early. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Caught a lucky shot, whatever. But even with that, Connor, uh, go. Uh, if even with that, then look at what Jose Aldo followed it up with. Yeah, pretty impressive performance, I would say, against Frankie Edgar. But then he got beat, stopped twice by Max Holloway. Yeah. So I feel like we're not. It's not the same Jose that Connor fought either. Is what you're saying. So, or you maybe all, he did that. I, for one, he owns 100 percent of the real estate in Jose's brain. Yeah, for sure. So that definitely had something to do with it. But it's just hard to say if he would have just been been on a tear since then and not lost and just been dominating everyone. Then you could say that. Yeah. But because he's had those max performances, I feel like it's harder to go that route. Right. I have zero doubt in my mind that Connor beats Aldo. Yeah, I don't doubt it either. I'm just like Holloway gives me second thoughts, but although I think Connor wins no matter if what. If you had to pick, do you pick who do you pick, Max or Connor? Connor. Max. Second round Bryce's knockout. Bryce's picking a Connor McGregor fight does not count. So <laughs> I think I'm gonna pick Max. It's the blessed era, my guy. I but like I honestly do think it would be Connor. I think Max is the better fighter. Connor's power is just That's the what I'm saying. Though. But have we ever really seen, or didn't Jose rock Max, didn't he? Yeah, he got like badly Fuck, rocked. I don't know. And that's I tough. think, I don't know. I feel like Connor hits harder with his hands than Jose did. I got to pick Max. Max is a better fighter all. And also, if it goes in fourth to fifth rounds, I think Max has a better gas tank, so too. You do agree with that? That Max is a better overall Yeah, definitely. Fighter? He's yeah. got a all around MMA game. I try to remove my Connor bias mm-hmm. when I'm talking about hypothetical matchups it, i just think that he would stop max before he got going the hardest person to pick against is connor in my opinion because what what he says is what he does because you should be mac pick, you should have picked against him in every fight he's had since dennis siever almost and he's won all but one of them you know what i mean yeah he knows these things champ champ untitledmma.com slash store check it out uh before we move on from that who while we're on the hypothetical matchmaking thing, which I enjoy very much when we do, what do you give Jose if, uh, hold on, I'm reading Bryce's breaking news right now. Nate Diaz attacks USC Slugger caught brawling in the stands of local MMA show yet again. Yeah, that's a very Nate thing to do. Yeah, I just, I'm, uh, you would ask if I wanted to add anything to it, and I just remembered about that. But who would you, you give Jose right now? I'm pretty sure he has a fight scheduled. Does he? Yeah. Breaking news again. <laughs> Bryce's about to look it up. I'm pretty sure it's... That Max Ortega thing. fight is very fucking intriguing next weekend. It is. And I don't feel like enough people are giving it credit because they're talking about... Um, the main event. Mm-hmm. DC Which is also Stipe. very interesting. Hot take? Max and Ortega is more intriguing than the main event because I think Stipe prob- probably wins fairly easy against Daniel Cormier. I don't know if it's fairly that, That's easy. definitely a better fight, no doubt. Ma- I think that should be the main event. Max and Brian? Yeah. Breaking news. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Breaking news. Jose Aldo is going to fight Jeremy, the he- little heathen oh, Stevens. Okay. I did know that. Yeah. I Ooh. forgot that who it was. That's also intriguing. 
if uh, Steven starches him, that shows that Connor would handily when beat him. When is that? It doesn't say. Oh. Get your shit together, UFC.com. I, it's kind of the worst sometimes. It is the worst. Kind of. I don't have strong interest in that fight, but it should be a good fight. I like Jose way more now than I did before the Connor fight. Well, I mean, I was also all in on the Connor train at that point. I kind of like Jose at this point. Hot take. He's Brendan a, was mad because me and Bryce were like kind of enjoying Jose at USC two whatever that was. Two twenty three. No, I'm not an outdoor guy. Something like that. He's gonna fight in Calgary. Shit, next month. Okay. Uh, I don't know where to go from there. Um, We're ready to matchmaking. We <laughs> already has one. <laughs> uh, we can get into. Last week we did the Mount Rushmore of women's MMA. And we decided Ronda, Cyborg, and Gina Carano were all on there. The fourth spot was kind of open, open-ended because it is still so early in women's MMA. Mm-hmm. We did decide it probably it would be between Misha, Ioana, and Jacek, and Amanda Nunes. Is that what we did say? Yes. So uh, not quite a definitive one, but we got there sort of. So this, and we started to get into it last week, but I wanted to, I think it'll be a lengthy discussion. So I want to go ahead and get into it this week uh, when we have more time. The Mount Rushmore of MMA overall. So I think what is going to make it a harder debate is debating the legacy, impact, wins and losses, popularity, mainstream, all that. It's hard to decide the four guys that belong on. These are the four guys in MMA. You know what I mean? Well, I think I got three of them already. Hot take. All right. Hoist, Connor, and Ronda. Because, I mean, this is just all MMA. I agree with Hoist because, I mean, he was the first guy. He was the first winner, basically. Yeah. Um, there is no UFC without Hoist is probably the argument to be made. There definitely isn't one without Gracie's, and Hoist was the Gracie representation in the UFC. So I agree mm-hmm. with Hoist. I agree with – go ahead. Sorry. First, I want to say, I'm, like, I don't really know the impact of the beginners of the MM, of UFC, so I can't really even say, like, Right. Voice or any one of them because I don't really know the impact they had. I wasn't living during right. or watching MMA during. And you that weren't time. living during that time either. It was seven years before you were born. So uh, Hoist won the first two UFCs and he did it with jujitsu when everybody nobody really knew what jujitsu was at that point. Um, Hoist was a little guy and he came in and he's beating boxers and kickboxers and wrestlers and all that with jujitsu. So it kind of like changed everybody's mind to what the premier combat sport was. And he also ended up being the catalyst for mixed martial arts, essentially, because the strikers had to learn how to do jujitsu, and the jujitsu guys needed to learn how to strike and all that. So without Hoist, we don't have the MMA world that we have now. Yeah, so I before definitely, Hoist, there was just dudes punching each other in the nuts and just nothing. Can you move your phone? I think it's messing with the... Thank you. Um... So, yeah, I think Hoist goes on there. I think Ronda goes on there because uh, there's no women's MMA without Ronda, and arguably she was the most popular UFC fighter uh, during her time. Well, she was the most popular during her time. I think there's an argument that she's the most popular of all time, mm-hmm. and I think she's definitely the most mainstream uh, UFC fighter there's ever been. So I agree Ronda goes on there. I don't think you can put Conor McGregor on there yet. I think you can just because I think he's also the only – there's only a couple people that can be uh, really in the argument of most popular UFC fighters ever, and he's in that discussion without a doubt. But he's had, what, one, two, three, four, five, six UFC fights? Seven? <clears throat> he's never defended a belt. Don't need to defend a belt, my guy. Go ahead, Brendan. Well, if you're going to compare kind of like that, he's doing good wins and losses. only has one UFC loss or two? One. One. And then he was the first du- double champ champ, so that's champ, that's champ, that's champ. almost more reputable. slash store. That's almost more reputable than defending the belt, in my opinion, to defend or to win a belt at two different weights. Right. So I, and like that's a strong legacy in my opinion, but I do think he needs more wins and fights to implement. So uh, Connor is tentatively in the third spot right now. We definitely all agree that Hoist and Ronda are on there. Yes, I do, and I think he yeah. would. I think Chuck Liddell should be on there because he was the first star in UFC. He was the champion. He was fairly dominant for a very long time. Uh, what is Brendan doing? I think he lost his phone. Did you lose your phone? Found it. <laughs> he found his lost phone. his phone. Breaking news, found his phone. 
But I think it's hard to argue that Ch- Chuck Liddell should be off of the Mount Rushmore of MMA because he was the most he was the guy for arguably the most important time in UFC history. Yeah, and then I mean, I definitely I can't really disagree with anything. And you're he saying. also beat everybody. He beat all, all the big guys at that time. He beat Randy, he beat Tito, he beat Rampage. There wasn't anybody that Chuck went in there and faltered against in his prime. So, mm-hmm. all right, I'm gonna just say my four right now. What I was saying before everything, before everybody started. Yeah, let's let's just give our four. Go ahead, Brendan. My four. The four spots really hard, but my four would be Ronda. Hoist, Liddell, and Jones. The Ooh. Jones is very arguable. I was thinking between Jones and Connor and maybe a few lists of others, but I think it's Jones just because, one, he's probably the GOAT. Two, That's a whole he was other wrong. Discussion. You, huh? The GOAT discussion, whole other thing. We'll do that right. another day. But I think being one of the best fighters of all time is huge to being on, on the Mount Rushmore. Right. He has the wins and losses. He he only has one quote unquote loss. Right. I feel like his he had a lot of fans before and even during his struggles as outside of the octagon. This is almost a different discussion. But do you think John Jones has a signature win? No. You don't think the DC fight it would be a signature? The second DC fight would be a signature win? No, I think because it especially the second one because. He he was losing, but I'm the fin. John Jones isn't known as a finisher, and he finished a very tough guy in Daniel Cormier. On <coughs> what did he test positive for? Well, I mean that's that's why thing. I don't think you can count that as a signature win. Brendan seems to disagree, so I'm gonna let him go. Both DC fights signature win. Being Gustafson, beating did he beat Rumble? Did he fight Rumble? He no, didn't fight he Rumble. Fought Rumble, Rumble would have slumped him. Just saying. <laughs> no, I don't know about that either. Slumped him. He's the goat. Period. I don't disagree that he's the best fighter of all time. I disagree. Now we're getting into a different discussion. I that is say, another time. I'm telling you, another time. DC <laughs> was beating everybody in the division, and every time Jones beat him, it was it was pretty decisive. It was close for a couple rounds, but then I th- he ended up finishing him. This is this might be a weird distinction on my part. I do think John Jones is the greatest fighter the UFC has ever had. I don't know if I'd call him the greatest of all time though, because of his troubles. He is still very young. He's under 30 still, yeah? He might be right around 30 now, but... He was the best talent of all time. You can definitely say that. Yeah, he's. I would say he's definitely the most talented fighter the UFC's ever had. The best athlete. Uh, I don't think there's anybody that can beat him, especially at 205. I think he'd do very well at heavyweight if he decided to go up there, even as a smaller heavyweight. Um, it's just hard for me to argue... John Jones better than George St. Pierre because St. Pierre did it for longer. GSP never had any like controversies or anything like that. His only two losses, he avenged. He came back after a four-year layoff and beat the middleweight champion. So it's hard for me not to say George St. Pierre is the greatest of all time. I've always said GSP is. I know a lot of people would argue Anderson, but I've always said GSP, and it's hard for me to put John Jones over GSP too. If John Jones comes back and he wins three more UFC fights, I think he's undoubtedly the greatest fighter of all time. If he comes back and wins one more, he might be. But right now, I don't know if I can give it to John Jones. I don't have any disagreements with what you're saying, really. I mean, I'm 100% with you. I think John Jones is the most talented, and he should be the greatest of all time. But between his um, extracurricular activities and uh, just not fighting enough, I think that that's kind of what puts him is there, sort of goat, does anyone, goat him. Does anyone else belong in that discussion outside of Connor, GSP, and or? John no, no. Jones, GSP, and Anderson. No. Honestly, no, because no one else did it as long. Because if Kane would have stayed healthy, Kane could have been in that discussion. I agree with that. Some people would argue Fedor. I was about to say, people throw in Fedor, but I don't... never succeeded in the U.S., and his biggest names are Noguera, Krokop, guys like that. Guys who also never really had great success in America. Yeah, it's... Vanderlei. They were all good in their time. And in pride. Yes. I think Connor could have been the GOAT, but he's just not fighting. Yeah, he hasn't. When's the last time he fought? November of... November of 2015? No, 16? 2016. He didn't fight at all in 2017. He went and lost a boxing match. So, I, 
if Car- he kept fighting and stayed active, he, I think he had no. He had he had he has a great opportunity to be the goat. Like he still has he, opportunity to be the goat. He I know is under thirty. Same thing. Uh, he's not gonna fight. All, he's not gonna fight more than three times. That's say, guaranteed. But what I'm same thing on the John Jones note. If Connor comes back, say he beats Khabib, beats Nate again, and then wins another fight. I think it's hard to argue against him being the goat. Yeah, this, let's say not, he that's comes. That's not gonna happen, though. I know, but I'm just saying. That's, I mean, he could. I could see him fighting three more times. No way. I definitely. How do. many times do you see him fighting? Once. Max is two. I'd say the max is three. I think I could definitely see him fighting three more times. I see him beating, slumping Khabib because he, his stand up is trash. He's gonna slump Tony, and he's gonna go up and slump whoever one seventy champ is. I Mic also drop. see him losing another boxing match at some point too, though. So. I don't. Yeah, he gets beaten boxing no matter what. If he, That's yeah, any fighter. boxer above mid level is going to beat Connor in a boxing in match. a boxing match without a doubt. I have no interest in Connor box again, but I think that is something that's going to take away from him coming back and fighting regularly in MMA again. Yeah, I mean, it's we'll see what happens with that. But let's get back to Mount Rushmore. Give us your four. So I had Hoist, Ronda, Chuck. And then I think the third spot is open to either Jones, um, Anderson, or GSP. I lean towards Anderson or GSP, but I can't definitively pick one of those two for mine. So my four. I'd say Anderson's more popular than GSP, but I think GSP is better. The my greatest of all time. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely don't necessarily disagree with you. I didn't have Chuck in mind because. I didn't ever watch the UFC during that time, so I don't know any kind of impact that he'd had. And I was like, dang near pooping myself when he was good. I think I think I'm gonna go with my definitive four as uh Hoist, Rhonda, Chuck, and Anderson. Because Anderson has signature moments. GSP doesn't really have a signature moment. Mm-hmm. I don't like thinking of GSP in moments, I can't really think of any. Besides maybe after he won the middleweight. Yeah, that's a I'm, that was a moment. But that's like recency, a recency what, thing. What happened? Just the fact that he came back after a four-year layoff and won the middleweight oh. belt. Um, that was a moment. But I, that's almost a recency thing because if you it was uh, six months after the Matt Hughes fight, you'd be saying the same thing about the Matt Hughes fight. But I don't really feel like that's a signature moment right now. Do you? I mean, I also it's hard for me to say that right. people have moments when. He doesn't have like a highlight reel knockout, but, and I mean Anderson definitely has those signature moments: the front kick mm-hmm. when he—that's what I'm saying—and when he ghosted Forrest Griffin, yeah. Um, beat beat uh Sonnen. Yeah. Crickets, crickets. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely would agree that. It's hard to say GSP has a moment. I think, though, looking back in the coming years, you're still going to think of his moment after beating Michael Bisping as a moment in his career. It's almost like not even really talked about now, though, and it just happened. I it, I think that's also because he isn't – no one knows what GSP's doing. That's true. So it kind of got brushed under the rug. This Mount Rushmore talk wasn't as exciting as I expected. I didn't even give my Go ahead and give your Mount Rushmore. I'm just saying. I haven't enjoyed it so much. I'm sorry that you stink. (laughs) (laughs) My four. And, I mean, we agree on two of them. I have Hoist and Ronda as well. Mm. Then I have Connor. And then I have Anderson. Yeah. I think you got to give Anderson that fourth spot for sure. Possibly. I mean, yeah. Like it's not like there's a right or wrong Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I know. It's and it's it's hard because this is a young sport that's also like gone through three or four completely different eras. Right. Who do you That's something else I wanted to talk about. I guess we can get into that right now. Who is where do the eras in your brain? How do the eras break up in MMA? I would say it's the Hoist era at the beginning, the Pioneer era, the beginning, whatever you yes. want to call it. I'd say that was definitely Hoist. Then I think it moved into Tito for a short amount of time in the transitional period between the old UFC and the Zufa era. And then I think it went on to Chuck, into Brock. Well, I don't know. Because there's a... Chuck, Brock, and Anderson all kind of overlap each other. Mm -hmm. So it's hard. I would say Chuck into Anderson slash Brock into... 
Anderson, then like Ronda into the Connor era after Ronda then. I might be forgetting times, but. So I don't break it up into the biggest people personally. What I do is I have the early UFC where it was essentially the Hoist era. Mm -hmm. Then moving into, I don't even know what I would call it, but like when the Forrest Griffin, Stefan Bonner fight happened. Right. And that spark of popularity. Mm -hmm. The beginning of the Zufa era. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I would then put the next era beginning right around the time that everyone else started, like Chuck and Tito started to get old in the Uh new age. So like John Jones, Ronda Rousey slowly came in there. Mm -hmm. I would ride that out until Connor came. And then I think this era is almost done and we're starting to see a new era. So like the The Max Holloway. The blessed era. The blessed era. Um, But I mean, almost every weight class is having a... Yeah. A shift in who's the man. Right. In all, in all honesty, without bias, a su- say Connor is gone. Whose era is it right now? I don't think there is a definitive guy right now. I think it's yeah. And right now we're in the transitional period in between that last era and the new guard. If Max Holloway slumps Brian Ortega, blessed era. Because it does feel like right now it's the Stipe, Max Holloway, Tony Ferguson, Khabib era. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Demetrius and guys like that. It's Doesn't... sad that, I mean, Demetrius is going to go down as like one of the pound for pound best, and no one's really talking about him like he's one of the best I, we're, out there. I, we were just talking about Goat earlier and the most talented. Demetrius might be the most talented fighter. Yeah, he definitely could be. I think the only way we'll know if he's the most talented is after he leaves. Because and I think we just talked about this last week too, but if Demetrius goes up and beats somebody at 135. Uh, again, hard to make an argument against him. If he goes up and beats, say, TJ's the champ, he beats TJ. He beats TJ. As the champ. Yeah, as the champ and Cubs champ champ, that's, I mean, that's goat talk. That is goat talk. I definitely think he needs, if you want to come at Jones or whoever, does he have a win that is very memorable or significant? What I don't I Demetrius? Yeah. No, I wouldn't say I he does The closest either. thing he has is that takedown to an arm bar. Uh, the knockout against Benavidez in the second fight, I think, maybe. But, I mean, I, that's not really talked about. That just kind of sticks out in my brain almost. I just mm-hmm. don't think his level of opponents is compared to GSP, <clears throat> Silva, Jones. Granted, when I'm talking moments, all I can really think of are those crazy knockouts that Anderson had. So maybe, I don't know. I just don't feel like Jones has a signature win. Like, that's jo- that's the John Jones fight. You know what I mean? I guess it would be the DC fights. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that like you're talking about how his competition doesn't stack up to like Silva's and whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Anderson Silva didn't beat like No, if you look studs. at, if you look at Anderson's record, it's not as impressive as you think it would be. Yeah. Force Griffin is not that good of a fighter. Mm-hmm. Chris Lieben in his debut, I'm trying to think of Anderson opponents now, Vitor, we know Vitor's roller coaster career. Yeah, but that's uh, back when he was on the roid. So he was that was the good right. Vitor, um, and that was a front kick to the face. <clears throat> who else? Who else? Who it else? Was, I'm blanking on Anderson. I mean, opponents. exactly. That's what yeah. we're talking about. And then when he fought a legit guy in Chris Weidman, yeah, although it was very late in his career, was that the start of the 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 transition to this current era? I don't. I think the era that Chris Weidman won is over. That's what I'm saying. That's well, I think we're transitioning out of that era into the next one is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you think that Weidman one started the one we're transitioning out of, the Weidman knockout of Anderson? I think <clears throat> the Weidman knockout helped transition into what we're just ending. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> we got this. We're together. I believe John Jones des- deserves almost a piece of get him getting his own era like Everybody else did like Hoyce or Rana did. I deserve. I think he deserves a little slash mark with somebody else. Maybe. Like the problem is like Jones's peak was the I wouldn't say second half, but the tail end of the Anderson peak into the Conor McGregor times. So and I would say both of those guys were bigger than John Jones at any point. I don't think there was any point where John Jones was the Biggest guy, you know what I mean? Ever. I don't think so. Between Ronda, Anderson, yeah, Ronda, Connor. Yeah, Ronda in there too. I don't think that he's ever been the guy. Plus, it doesn't help that he isn't a finisher, unlike those other three that we just mentioned. Yeah, I agree with that. 
I think we can probably go ahead and end this. I'm kind of trailing off here on the Mount Rushmore. I have Hoist, Rhonda, Chuck, and Anderson. Yeah, and I had Hoist, Rhonda, Connor, Anderson. I have who I said 10 minutes ago. I don't remember what you said. <laughs> Hoist, Rhonda. I think you had Chuck. Chuck and Jones, but you guys kind of persuaded me to say Anderson. Right. But I'm going to just stick with my gun and say Jones because I'm a baller. <laughs> I feel like... What fight? Go ahead. Sorry. For like the three or four people listening, somebody's got to like dislike me because people dislike Jones, and I I'm always like backing them up. I mean, I assume there's probably people who dislike all three of us. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, but they still listen. We love you. Untitledmma.com slash store. Um, what fight do you think was the biggest miss that didn't happen? Anderson and Jones, or Jones and or Anderson and GSP? Anderson and GSP is the biggest fight that never happened. Yeah, without a doubt. I think that I don't. I can't think of a single other major fight besides like Khabib and Tony that has been yeah. missed out on, and it's that a, can still happen. Because Anderson and GSP were both at their peak at the same time, and they really swung and missed not getting that put together. Yeah, and uh, that they, was before the super fight. Though. They waited too long, and then Anderson lost. GSP was very in and out. They just really fucking blew it on that. Mm-hmm. Who do you think would have won? I know this is. Impossible to say in their G- peak. GSP until going up to 185. I'm not gonna remember 185, but I'm gonna go with my man GSP until GSP came back off a four-year layoff and beat Bisping. I would definitely say Anderson, but that plants a seed of doubt in my mind about GSP coming up and beating Anderson. I think that GSP would, assuming he had a similar kind of buildup and got bigger for the Anderson fight. I think he would have had a lot of success because I just, I think his wrestling was too good. I have so much faith in GSP's chin. I don't think, I don't think Silva knocks him out. That's so. a fair point too. Mm-hmm. But if thinking back, I don't can't really think of a guy that GSP fought at their peak that was such a threat everywhere as Anderson was. GSP at least in the later stages of his career, definitely known for getting a guy on the ground and keeping him there and winning that way. Anderson's a threat on the bottom, on the ground, as we saw in the Chael fight. Granted, it took him 23 minutes to do it, but Anderson was a threat everywhere. And even where GSP is known for taking guys, Anderson can finish you from there even. Mm -hmm. So that's an uh, an argument for Anderson. It's hard for me to say. I just wanted that. I just want that. I still want it. Even though it would be like way too late, and that's we'd been complaining the whole time about it. And this was an argument I had going into the Bisping fight, which ended up being null and void. But GSP was the bigger guy at 170 a lot of the times. I'm interested to see what would happen if he went against Anderson and he wasn't the biggest guy. You know what I mean? The bigger guy. I think that he would be bigger than Anderson. Anderson was like a no. Anderson weird. would be bigger than GSP. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Anderson fought at 205, my guy. I think GSP could fight at 205. I don't know. His belly exploded when he fought at 185. <laughs> so. A little alien baby. All right. Well, Brendan, you have something? I had something to say, but I forgot. Think so. about it. Think about it. Think people. about it. Please. Right. We got Anthony Pettis would beat Anderson Silva. <laughs> <laughs> there was a time when Anthony Pettis was considered pound for pound number one. Think about that for a second. Wasn't he probably one at one? He probably was one. I mean, yeah. One. He was in. The, he was like... I wouldn't say he was unanimous, but he was definitely in the discussion for pound for pound number one. I'm after. talking about on the website. I believe he was number one at one time. On UFC.com? Yeah. Wow, I could definitely see it. Yeah. Leading into a big... Possibly after, like, the Gilbert Melendez fight? I would fight. Think, I think probably whatever the fight before the Gilbert fight was. And he... If he never fell off, he had the opportunity to be a huge star. I feel yeah. like UFC wanted to promote him. Not he doesn't really have the talking behind it like Connor does, so he would be nowhere near Connor. But creative striking, he pulled that uh, submission out of nowhere against Giblert. He's got the look. He's an attractive looking guy. So, yes, that's why. <laughs> that's why I'm, he has the looks, obviously. And then obviously. I feel like the biggest thing. <laughs> I just said the same thing two seconds ago. <laughs> the, the biggest thing that people enjoy about UFC is almost the finishes, the knockouts, right? And he has. Arguably the most signature not, uh, finish of all time. Mm-hmm. Even did it didn't even get finished then though. No, but I mean you know. Yeah, what I mean. everyone think I I don't even know if people think of uh, that ever when they think of like the UFC. 
I don't know how because for one, it wasn't even in the UFC. No, but UFC did own WC at the time. It was an MMA fight, and a lot of people think MMA equals UFC. You know? Yeah, I love talking about uh, Pettis. So I'm gonna say one more thing, or ask one more thing. Uh huh. If Pettis kept his, oh, what do I want to call it? like unique strikes mm-hmm. and never like went against the cage, do you think he would? be the fighter he was i think what bro well he lost rda was the loss right yes was the first one mm-hmm. uh, in the Gib- giblert and now I, that's just his name to me because we've said it three times in a row <laughs> in the giblert fight he was losing up until he pulled off that submission giblert did the same thing that rda did and eddie alvarez did after rda where he was keeping anthony pettis out of the middle getting him up against cage getting him stuck there keeping anthony pettis's weapons grounded mm-hmm um, I think that scared Anthony Pettis away from being Anthony Pettis because he was scared to launch those kicks, those creative strikes, because he thought he was going to get grabbed and taken down or taken to the fence. I think, even though he won that Giblert fight, I think that's what broke Anthony Pettis almost. I mean, I kind of agree with you. That's the most fucking great, that's the best analysis, actual analysis I've ever given of anybody, <laughs> so I just need to pat myself on the back right now. <laughs> what I, but About that is, you just said... He doesn't want to throw the strikes because he's fearful of getting pushed against the cage. He's doing that anyway, so why not? I mean, I I hundred percent agree with you. I mean, when we every time we watch Pettis, we're fucking screaming, "Do something! Body kick something!" And he just doesn't do it. He gets pushed back. So you didn't really answer my question. If Anthony Pettis kept his style, no matter who he fought, no matter like if he just kept his style, no matter what, do you think he would still be the fighter he was, or you think he still would have got caught up? I think he still would have gotten messed up because I don't think he would had literally anything he could do about the pressure that RDA gave him in that fight. I don't know, though, because if he would have just stood there and every time RDA tried to come in, Anthony throws a knee or he throws a, a front kick to the gut or a jab and keeps RDA at distance. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I do feel like Pettis' game, I feel like the rest of the game has passed Pettis by. I don't think he's so far behind, like trying to think of an example like a like when um ronda got beat or right. when she tried to come back right like a ronda i don't think it's so far past him at that point i think he's just a step behind everybody else right now and i think that's why we're seeing the struggles he's having now because he has looked more like anthony pettis in his last two or three the dustin poirier fight he was doing okay and he beat charles Oliveira. yes so uh, he has looked better than he did in the fights before that, I just feel like there's something not quite there with Anthony Pettis. Right I now. think he's done for as being a legit or elite fighter because I just think the game passes people up. It happened to Ronda, happened to Aldo almost in a way. Mm-hmm. It just happens Anderson. to people. Chris, it yeah. just happens. I want to give the hottest of takes because you guys know or have an idea of what you think I think of Anthony Pettis. You think I'm the biggest hater. You are. You are. But <laughs> I don't think that his days of being an elite fighter are over. If he loses to Michael Chiesa, there's no way he can be elite again. Do you think he beats Michael Chiesa? I, I think he can. And I think he can do it anyway. Because his uh, submissions, his entire ground game is low-key, hella sneaky. So is and Chiesa's. Chiesa's got a strong ground game. But I think that Michael Chiesa isn't even on the level of Anthony Pettis. I think Anthony Pettis, if he would decide, hey, I can grapple guys, because look what he—I mean, he just manhandled Oliveira. Anthony Pettis is very good on the ground. Yeah, if I think if he would change his game around and then add a little bit of creativity on the feet, he could be elite. I just don't think he will, and I think he—I think he loses to Michael Chiesa, but he definitely can beat Chiesa wherever the fight goes. I'm going to finish it on this, and if you guys discuss furthermore, that's up to y'all. I think Pettis beats Kiesa, and I also think all right, I think he beats Kiesa, which is good for him, which is going to make me happy, obviously, but Pettis needs a knockout, or he needs a finish for his psychological standpoint. Because another win against a low fighter is just another win, in my opinion. I would agree that in... I'd mostly agree with that in that he can't go in there and grind out a decision. That's not going to help him at all. If he it's an exciting fight and he wins a decision, I think that's okay. But I do agree that he can't go in there and just grind out a decision win. You have to look for every chance to put him to sleep right. or to tap him out. It's got to be an impressive performance. But granted, I think Pettis is kind of one of those guys that's more or less safe for as long as he wants to be around. I think the UFC would have a hard time getting rid of Anthony Pettis unless he lost like four or five in a row. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. I'm pretty much pretty with everything that you said. I think he needs a finish if you want for both his psyche and also to jump himself back into talks of being an elite fighter. Now, and say he goes out there, he finishes Michael Chiesa in like a minute and a half. I mean, I might be like Anthony Pettis is champion by 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Pettis Probably. for president. Pettis for president. I mean, I could. I mean, I think it really is only going to take one impressive performance because they're both. He, I think Chiesa is top ten. Michael Chiesa is so overrated to me. I think he is too. He looked like Kevin Lee totally outclassed Michael Chiesa. Mm-hmm. I think Kevin Lee though is easy to. I think Kevin a, Lee is underrated. Yeah, I think he's a top three active lightweight. I agree with that. I like. I kind of like Kevin Lee. He. I mean, he's fun. He's he a, actually talks a little some he's a decent black trash. Running. Yeah, <laughs> he's a black guy, Brendan. <laughs> I like Michael or Kevin Lee. I almost said his name wrong. All right, we can go ahead and wrap up. Um, we did mention earlier in the show to visit untitledmma.com/store because there are actually items in that store now, including the ever elusive, the notorious champ champ shirt. I don't think we can like say the name because of copyright stuff. Even though it's not a copyrighted material, I don't think we can market it as a this guy shirt. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's uh, pretty clear. But it is the tricolor Irish flag champ champ with a shamrock underneath. So go ahead and check out the untitledmma.com if you're a fan of the notorious Irish fighter in the ultimate fighting league. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But we also have Untitled MMA stickers for sale. I don't know if anybody's interested in that. But those are up there too. So check out untitledmma.com slash store. Free shipping on all shirts. They are $25 no matter the size. We have size to double XL. So go Small ahead. to double XL. You what said I say? size. Size to double XL? <laughs> Small to double XL. So go ahead and check that out. We'd greatly appreciate it. Free shipping on all shirts. U.S. only right now. We're trying to figure out the rest of Canada and wherever else. We're trying to figure out that out right now. But U.S. only. $25 a shirt. Free shipping. What a deal. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty fat looking it's, it's shirt a fu- too. It's a nice fucking shirt. It's a nice freaking shirt. Fucking shirt. Freaking. It's a nice fucking shirt. <laughs> I enjoy it greatly. I got the prototype and it's awfully nice. But you can check out the UntitledMMA.com store at UntitledMMA.com as well as fight previews, fighter spotlights, picks, this podcast. Everything we do is at UntitledMMA.com. You can listen to this podcast anywhere there are podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever. You can listen to this podcast anywhere there are podcasts. Um, You can follow us on social media at UntitledMMA on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I think that about does it. So unless we have anything else, it's a wrap.